We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. know who Jesus is? What does he mean to you? What does he mean to you? Has he ever healed you? Has he ever filled you? Has he ever satisfied you? What a great, great God. Why don't we give him a hand clap together? We don't ever do this in 10 o'clock service, but we're going to do it right now. Stick your head out. All the people that are visiting, tell them it's church time. And uh, brother, brother Herbie, would you mind getting that uh, door right there, brother? Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I want us to do something we never do at 10 o'clock. I don't recall uh, if we've ever done it. But I want us to start out with a song. It's an old song that just says, Oh, how I love Jesus. Does that mean anything to anybody? Let's do it. Let's lift our hands together right now and let's just sing this old chorus for a few minutes. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. give him a hand clap one more time. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Come on, let's just love him. Won't you lift your voice and tell him how you feel about him right now? Hallelujah. Ending 30 days of prayer and fasting. About four very notable things have already happened that I'm aware of. One is Wednesday night we left church went to eat pizza and my wife broke a jaw tooth right half and two. That's notable all the way to the bone. Couldn't be fixed. Split it right down the middle. Had to be replaced and uh, will have to be replaced. Had to be extracted and now they're working on the other part of it. And so I thought about it. I said, you know, again, even when it's at my house, I say the same thing. Nothing comes cheap. When you start praying and you start fasting, you get ready to hit a little depression and a little oppression. The enemy will try to bring it to you, bring a little sorrow. Marriages will be shaken. People that aren't ordinarily backbiters will learn how. There's no children in here, are they? Because I've been real careful about this. People will get stupid. <laughs> but I ought to tell you about the miracles. Wow. And it happens because of a name. I learned 25 or 26 years ago personally from my own experiences that there are three subjects, three absolute subjects that you can speak about from behind a lectern, a pulpit, or just sitting around a table talking. You speak of any of these and there's a power surge. There's two or three together. We're fixing to be seated in just a few moments. I discovered first, for me, anytime you ever talk about praise, if you begin to talk about praise and then enter into that place, there's a power surge in the spirit. And then when you talk about the blood of Jesus, well, when you start talking about the blood, There's a surge of strength, of healing, of hope that the blood brings. We sing a song that says it reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. It gives me strength. And then the third thing is the name of Jesus. You can preach about praise in any setting. And if people buy that message with their heart, the environment of change. You can teach about the blood of Jesus. And if you realize its power and ability, it'll change the environment. And then when you talk about the name, and we're going to teach for a little bit. It wasn't my lot. Just a series of events happened that has me pulling a double today. It only happens every two or three months. And uh, we've got enough speakers and preachers around here, but I'm not comfortable yet calling some of them at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And so, but now I know there's a reason God has all this worked out just right. So I'm not planning to preach in this service at all if you're expecting that, but I'm going to teach a little while on that very thought. And I believe all these people with different sayings and statements and chants, if they're pure and they're true, everybody's got a new t shirt. That says something matters. And it's there and it's their deal. 
during all of the riots and at the height of everything, uh, this group moved and at their, at their core, the statement, there's nothing wrong with the statement Black Lives Matter, but at their core, they turned out to steal a lot of money and take a lot of things from what I understand. And, and, then, and then Blue Lives Matter. And then there was some police officers that took the same approach. And I believe blue lives matter. I believe black lives matter. I believe white lives matter. I believe brown lives matter. I believe atheist lives matter. I believe Pentecostals lives matter. I believe everybody matters. I want to tell you something. At the root of all that, when it all is said and done at the end of the day, the name matters. If we all get the name, we won't be so worried about our independent ideas and plans. I just want to talk to us for a little bit. The name matters. The name. Because without a name, there's no identity. I want to talk about it. I'm going to just read one verse. We'll read several, but I'll read one before you see it. Matthew 1 and 21. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name, all caps, Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Forgive me. Let me just read one more. Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other name. If salvation is repentance and baptism and following the leading of the Spirit, then we should repent in his name, be baptized in his name, and live under the authority of his name. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must, not could, it's, it's not one of, a, uh, one of eight billion ways that somebody said on Oprah Winfrey, but there's one name that brings salvation. One. Not an organization. The UPCI has never saved one person. The Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ has never saved one person. The Southern Baptist Convention has never saved a person. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have the name. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your hope. Thank you that we have all those things just in your name. We can call on your name in a time of trouble, time of crisis, in a time of rejoicing, in a time of hope. We can call your name, and it changes the environment. And there's a surge of energy, spiritual energy, physical energy. At that very moment when we say your name, everything changes, and you're just as close as the mention of your name. Touch our lesson this morning. Bless us all, each and every one in both services today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's love him with a hand clap together. Come on. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. It's good to see Brother and Sister Larry Merrill. Brother Larry, Sister Mary Merrill was our Sunday school superintendents for I think maybe the whole time I was in Cachetta or pretty close. 
and uh, some fine folks that I had the privilege of teaching and preaching to for a number of years and uh, honored they're here today. That's Sister Shira's parents and uh, Sister Emerson, and they are fine people. He's not all that good, but she's pretty good. That's a joke. That's fine folks right there. I want to just ask you, and this is a little crowd participation. Just give me a just give me a yes or a no, a yes or a no, either, either way. If you recognize this, do you know when you see a big truck comes by on the side of the trailer says FedEx? What does that mean? Federal Express. Some folks said it means my packages are going to be late. Some said it means they're going to be on time. But it has a meaning to everybody. Uh, I'll never forget, we used to tease people all the time about Lindsay. Lindsay uh, learned to read very quick, but uh, she, could, she could know sight words. You know, the am, is, are, the, that, whatever it is. A three letter, two letter, and three letter words. I can't remember them all now, but... Uh, the, the, the general sight words, she, she learned those very quickly, but she outsmarted us because uh, we spent so much time at Walmart when we lived in Louisiana that she started recognizing the sign with the name. And we thought the girl could read when she was one. We were going down Interstate 20. I can remember it like it was yesterday. It's been 27 and a half, 28 years now. And we're going down the highway, down Interstate 20, somewhere around Gladewater, long uh, about in there, exit or so. And uh, we pass this big truck, and she looks over, and she points, and she says, Walmart. I looked at my wife, and I said, what'd she say? She looked around, and she said, Lulu. What that was that's always her name. She's tagged with that. Lulu, what what is what was that? And she said, Walmart. So after that, we, we got to where we'd wait till we were around people and and for the next few months, you know, and, until people caught on and and, and, the, and, the, and the trick got old and she quit performing, you know. And uh, we said, uh, we'd, we'd see Walmart and we'd, we'd say to some group of people, we'd go out and eat 40 or 50 at a time after every single church service. Didn't matter, school night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, five services a week. Everybody went together. And it was just, a, it was a different environment. And so we'd, we'd be going somewhere loaded down. We'd have our Honda Odyssey minivan loaded up with six or eight or 10 or 12 people. You know, who cared about a seatbelt back then anyhow. And, uh, and so uh, we'd get by the, by the truck or we'd go by the place. And, and it'd just be at that time I'd say, hey, y'all, y'all know Lulu's learning to read. And they're like, really? Like, yeah, let's find something here. We'd go by Belk and we'd go by Dillard's and we'd go by all these places. And I'd wait till we got to Walmart. <laughs> and I said, Lulu, what is that? And she'd go, Walmart. Boy, people just thought. But it meant something because... That name created an identity. And every time she would see it, whether it's rolling down the interstate or on, on, the, on, the, on a billboard or on the sign of, of the store itself. And so she, she knew that. She recognized that. And uh, when she finally really learned what, it was going, what was going on, it turned into Maldart. It went from Walmart to Maldart. She had it right in the beginning, but... She, she lost it after a while, but if you say apple, you know, used to, that's a fruit. 
When you say Apple nowadays, I would say 90% of our generation under 30 years old does not think about a fruit. It's a whole different meaning. Starbucks. Uh, there, there's, a, there's, a new, there's a new coffee shop moving in across the street from Starbucks, and I can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm just ready. Uh, I've got my own reasons, but I'm ready for a good cup of coffee. And uh, so Tesla. I mean, what's Tesla? You know, to some it's a stock, to some it's a car, to some uh, it's, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a rich guy that's going around the world, literally. Nike and Toyota and Microsoft. Everybody knows these names, these brands. And you got FedEx and you got uh, uh, UPS. I can't leave them out, you know, can't leave them out. And, and you got uh, LPC. If, if we put something out on social media and it says at LPC this coming week, everybody that, that is familiar recognizes what that means for. We don't have to, what it means, we don't have to spell that out. FBI, boy, they've been in the news a lot lately. FBI. Somebody tell me what that stands for. CIA. EPA. Oh, boy, there you go. Now there's one. Yeah, yeah. If you see something that says Amex, it's American Express. And you know because NBC and ABC and ESPN, and, and you know that if you go to the, any of these things, what you're going to get by and large. But I want to tell you what the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and 1. The Bible says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. There's something about a name. It's, it's important. It's something about it. Ecclesiastes 7 and 1 says, A good name is better. See that? Than precious ointment. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. So how you die is more important than how you're born. That, that moment, the Bible said that we should celebrate the death of the saint and mourn their birth. Do you know that? We've got it all backwards. The flesh has it all backwards. Uh, Brother Scott Fletcher re reposted a, uh, uh, a deal the other day, and, and I really, really liked it. And uh, I read it, and I thought about it for quite a long time. And, and uh, it, it said, your flesh doesn't care about eternity. Because it's not going. It's pretty important. It's pretty awesome right there. Your, your flesh will drag you down. So somewhere in the middle, we've got to have our name connected to our spirit. And then people know what that is and what that stands for. But the only way we will ever have success in this life and a great hope from beyond the grave is if we have the name. It's that simple. Anybody believe in the name of Jesus? Who you call on when that car was? You didn't call Ghostbusters. When they come over in your lane, you, you, you didn't shout out, Oh, Michael Jordan. I, I never heard anybody just going into a car wreck and said, Oh, Reba McIntyre. Oh, Mike Tyson, could you? But you could say these names and they all mean something. You could, you could say Michael Jordan. You could say Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe. You could say Ray Charles. 
Henry Ford, Lee Iacocca, you could say Dale Earnhardt, probably most of the people in here even know how he died, but he never saved anybody. Never, never did he. Albert Einstein. Uh, if you said the word Jerry Jones, there's several of them, but most people would think he's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys that they wish they'd have sold a long time ago because there hadn't been a Super Bowl in two and a half decades. That's the general idea. And, but we could go on and on. And I, I got a whole list of names, just names that popped up in my head. But I want to talk about a name for just a little bit. that The greatest book in all the world speaks of, and time has proven that there is no greater name. It's just been a while since we just talked about his name. I, I want to talk to you today about the name of Jesus. There's so many songs about it. Let's see. We, we, do, a, we do a couple, and one of them we do is, uh, there's something about the name Jesus. It is the sweetest name. I know oh, how I love the name Jesus. And people say, well, you know, what is it? We're singing about the name. The name matters. If it didn't matter, then you could be saved in any name. Matter of fact, you could just use your own name. You can save yourself. But the Bible teaches us very clearly that none can save themselves. That a sinner... And uh, needs to hear the word of God. And faith only comes by hearing. Hearing only comes by the preached word of God. And so and then there's a question asked. And this is not to pat me or anybody else on the back. But it's talking about preaching. It says how can one be saved unless they have a preacher. Somebody's got to share the name. It can't be hidden. And so I just want to talk about it a little bit. There's something about the name Jesus. We just sung another song, and then we, we, we sung, Oh, how I love Jesus. I, I can't go past this without, without mentioning, and I have mentioned it before and many times in the past. It's interesting when you start researching some of the greatest hits ever in country music or in rock and roll, you'll find out that virtually every single one, even people that say they never had an experience with the Lord, they don't know anything about salvation, they've never, never read a Bible or never even own a Bible, they recognize that the name brings enough attention to sell. Because there's still no more printed book than the Holy Bible. It's still the number one bestseller on America's books every single year. One of our recent presidents in the last three or four said he, he declared we were no longer a Christian nation and we just needed to get over that. But I would, I would tell you, Mr. President, it's still the number one book. In the middle of a world that says no, the name matters. And the Bible revolves around, you know, the whole Testament, uh, the Old Testament, the Bible revolved around the hopes of knowing the name. And in the first four books in the New Testament, what we call the Gospels, all happened simultaneously or within a few fractions, but were recorded later. They were all recorded about the man Jesus. And then after that, when you get into Paul's writings, you start discovering the experience of the Spirit of Jesus. 
So the entire Bible from cover to cover is either a promise, the life of, or the promise of the spirit of Jesus Christ. This book is by Jesus, for Jesus, about Jesus, through Jesus, with Jesus. Oh, here we go. See, it's interesting, and pre- preachers in the, in the room and, and teachers, Sunday school teachers, you know when people are picking up what you're putting down, like the old statement says. Uh, sometimes you're teaching to rocks, and sometimes you're teaching to sponges, and, and then sometimes you're, you're, you're teaching to board sponges. They want something, but they want something more. See, there had been a time in each and every one of our life when we first had the revelation of who he was and what he was, even in this very docile setting. Boy, just talking about the name would have you fired up. But you know what's happened? We've grown accustomed to it. We're people of the name. That's not a rebuke. The disciples done it. They walked with him and talked with him every single day. And then, and then they were just like, wow. I mean, okay, so turn the water into wine. That's cool. He walked on the water. That's neat. You, you don't see any of their responses being anything notable except a memory. Lazarus is raised from the dead, and all of a sudden, Jesus is not the main attraction. The Bible says that. Lazarus is. So everywhere Jesus goes, the Bible said the crowds followed him, not because of who he was, but because of who Lazarus was. The man that was dead, but now he lives. Let me tell you what happened. We are more accustomed to the miracle and what it can do for me. I don't ever want us to just forget that the name itself matters. When we lose the name, when the name doesn't mean anything, then we will get complacent. And then we'll start saying, well, it don't really matter. I mean, uh, you know, is it really important uh, how I pray? Is it really important how I'm baptized? Is it really important what the spirit inside of me is called or what it comes from? Absolutely. There's no other name given under heaven whereby men must, not could. Could would denote there's another possibility. But if you're going to be saved, you're going to have the name. In recognizing what sells. Now, think about this a minute. Now, some of y'all have never been involved in any kind of drugs or alcohol, and I'm, and, and I'm so proud. Your testimony is probably better than those of us that, that had some issues along the way because the Lord protected you from those things. And protection is just as good as salvation saved from them, protected from them. And so, you know, there goes that. But the rock and roll group, who I used to really like a, a whole lot, uh, the guy's voice was incredible. I, I really liked Michael McDonald's voice. He just had a, a voice that was different. But he was the lead singer for a group called the Doobie Brothers. I mean, you don't hear that in every Pentecostal pulpit. But, I mean, the Doobie Brothers. Does everybody know what that means? About nine of you are admitting it and six have your hand up. 
the Doobie Brothers, what they were saying is, this is the group of guys that rolls big fat joints and smokes them together. So what are we going to call our rock and roll band? The Doobie Brothers. <laughs> uh, but you know what one of their greatest hits was? Who said it? Sinner. Pharisee. Hey, they sung a song with the name like Doobie Brothers. They sung a song that said, Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is right. Oh, yeah. I don't care what they may say. I don't care where they may go. I don't care what they may do. Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it went straight to the top. We're the, we're the dope smokers telling y'all about Jesus. Hey, so let me just tell you something. The name crosses culture. It crosses music genres and, and the way books are written. And it crosses uh, the, the, the languages that are spoken. Jesus is still Jesus. It crosses the color of skin. It crosses socioeconomics. It, it crosses these and those and in the worlds that have big eyes and little use. It doesn't matter when it comes down to it. The name is what matters the most. That pulls everybody together. I preached at a conference one, one year and uh, uh, the Emersons and, and the Merrills would, would remember this. It was for uh, a predominantly black organization called Church of God in Christ, C-O-G-I-C. And uh, there were some great people there. And, and in the parish that uh, they still live in today, uh, unless they moved out of Red River Parish, it was, it was one of the most racial divided uh, even maybe even so now uh, it was it was very there there wasn't people didn't go to church together they didn't visit they didn't it, it was a very strange environment for me coming out of Terrell schools which was about 30 30 30 percent uh, white black Hispanic and then they say uh, about 10 percent of every other nationality or race uh, and so I was always in, in, a, in a mixed culture, but when I got there, it was completely different. It's completely different. And so that was some adjustment to me. But I, I made friends with a, a guy across town that pastored, and he said, hey, we'd like for you to come and, and do our, our conference. Our conference uh, headquarters base is out of Houston, and it's called the Deliverance Conference. And this was at uh, Deliverance Temple. And I said, well, yeah, I'd be honored to do that. I walked in the building that night and it was completely packed. I mean, for real. There's a saying that's wall to wall. A lot of times that's a stretched. But these people were wall to wall and chairs up in the altar area and on the platform area. Ended up doing that two years in a row. The first year I went by myself. Brother Sneed said from the pulpit here a while back, he said, you know, it's weird. When, when you're the only one of a, of a color or something. I don't remember how you worded it, but you said it from the pulpit and we agreed with you. It was weird for me that day uh, because it wasn't my family. It wasn't people that I knew, you know, as far as my church family, but I was the only light-skinned person in that entire conference, period, and I'm the speaker. 
And so I began to talk to the elder that was over that whole thing. And uh, one of those guys, last name was Logan. He was a, he was a good guy. He was one of the younger guys. The elder uh, was something James. But in any event, we, we began to talk a little bit. And uh, he said, you know something, pastor? And I said, what's that? He said, we've never had a white man in our pulpit. Blew my mind. He said, but I feel a love and I feel a kindred. And I said, yeah, okay, well, let's, let's do this thing. And he began to probe me just a little bit uh, and ask me some questions. And, and uh, I finally said to him, I said, you know, if there really is black skin, and I've never seen a black person in my life. I mean, this is black. And I've never seen a white person. Brother JoJo's shirt is white. You ever see that person? They ain't breathing. But somewhere between those two colors is, is everybody. And so as he began to ask me some questions, I just said to him, I said, here's what I believe. I believe if there is such a thing as a black skin and a white skin, then a soul must be gray. And he said, oh, that's what I want to hear. And I preached and I was invited to come back the next year. Well, I say all that to say this. I know the way them people baptized. They didn't baptize like I baptized. They didn't always pray like I pray. A lot of times they used titles in their prayers and titles in their baptisms. And, but when I got up there and began to preach about the name Jesus, they were one organization, I was another. They was one color, I was another. A lot of them was rich and drove nice cars and, and the bishop had somebody pull him up under the, the dry drop in a Bentley or something. I don't know what he was driving, but I pulled up in my old hoopty and, and I'm ready to preach the gospel. But here's what happened. When I started talking about the name of Jesus... They didn't care how they baptized. They didn't care what side of town they lived on, where I came from, what color I was, how much money I made, what my education was. The name crossed all the lines. Oh, some of y'all ain't hearing me. It crosses the lines of divorce and success and millionaire and billionaire and poor and food stamps and rock bottom. It crosses the lines of crack houses. Folks, the name matters. If we want hope in this life, the only hope that we'll ever have is to embrace the name of Jesus Christ. Lionel Richie sung a song, and, and uh, a tremendous song. I love it. I wish we'd learn it here. My sister-in-law, Becky, learned to play it on the piano, and we sing it at the house on Thanksgiving and such. And, but uh, he sung it along with the Commodores, and it said, Jesus is love he won't let you down and I know he's mine forever oh he's my heart boom 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 hey, let me tell you why because all the good love songs Lionel Richie wrote all the good songs that he recorded that someone else wrote all the years as a solo artist or with the Commodores you know what popped out Jesus is love. Let me tell you why. Because you bought that listening for a love song and you got the lover of all souls. Come on, somebody hear me right now. It does not matter. The name is what matters. The song says, we sung this before. I think I've even heard Sister 
Denise, sing this maybe. He's more wonderful than my mind can conceive. He's more wonderful than my heart could believe. He goes beyond my highest hopes and fondest dreams. He's everything that my soul ever longed for. Everything he's promised and so much more, more than amazing. He's more than marvelous, more than miraculous could ever be. He's more than wonderful. That's what Jesus is to me. Well, I've tried him and I've found his promises are true. Anybody remember the song? Because he's everything he said he would be. I marvel just to know he really loves me when I think of who he is and who I am. Let me tell you what. When we've got Jesus, listen to this. Here's what's given to him. So many times the world and religious people and Constantine bound him to three titles. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what Jesus is. He is the Father of creation. He is the Son in redemption. He is the Holy Ghost in the church today. And the Bible said, and these three are one. Paul wrote that. He said there, there's one. Then he said there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism. Above all, through you all, and in you all, he preached to the church. Listen to this, folks. The name. This is what you get when you get the name. You get wisdom. That's what the Bible says. Do you believe the Bible? Anybody here believe the Bible? You get wisdom. Word. He's the word. He's the word. He's wonderful. We just sung about that. He's Jehovah. He is the prince of peace. Anybody need peace? A prophet he was called. A redeemer he is. Has anybody been redeemed? Have you been bought back from that one that held you captive that shouldn't have ever had you in the first place? You've been redeemed. You know what you got? You got Jesus. It's okay when we pray. My grandfather used to start out every prayer, blessed Redeemer. That's okay, but you know how he ended? Woo! <laughs> He's a resurrected Savior. He is the shepherd, the flesh of God. A Bible scripture for every bit of this. True vine, the way, the truth, the life, the king of kings, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. 
the light of the world. He's the lion. He's living water. He's the Lord of lords. He's the master, messenger, Messiah, eternal father. He's the true witness. Jesus is God. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the high priest. Jesus is the holy one. Jesus is the only hope. Jesus is the express image of the invisible God. Jesus is the ruler. Jesus is almighty. Jesus is the author. Jesus is the finisher. Jesus is first. Jesus is last. Jesus is alpha. Jesus is omega. Jesus is the peace speaker. Jesus is the lamb. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is beloved. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the morning star. Jesus is the door. Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the judge. Jesus is the jury. Jesus is a witness. Come on. Do you want the other 287? I want to tell you something. When we have a need, we've got a name. When we've got a problem, we've got a name. When we've got a situation, we've got a name. When it's prayer meeting, we've got a name. When we're down, we have a name. When we're high, we've got a name. When we're lost, there's a name. The name matters. 323 A.D., Constantine created the greatest divide in Christianity. For 300 plus years, nobody was baptized except in the name. A few disciples were baptized by John the Baptist. I'm talking post-Holy Ghost. Nobody until Constantine decided he could change it because... He was the Roman emperor and he could get his guys to look into it and demanded that all of Rome be baptized in the titles. Jesus said, go be baptized every one of you in the name. He said, go preach the gospel to the whole world, baptizing them in the name. Father's not a name. Son is not a name. How many of you fathers? How many sons? Every man in here. How many of you have the Holy Ghost? So would we be confused in a group of people if we said we need all the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost to stand? We would. But if I said would Jesus Christ make his appearance known, nobody in this room would stand unless you stood as a representative. Let me tell you why. Because there's a name that's been given. It's above every other name. And the Bible said the fullness of the Godhead, anything God was in the Old Testament, anything he is in the Holy Ghost in the New Testament was found in the power and authority of the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not done, but my time's up. His name 973 times. Colossians 2 and 9 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means God, period. Everything about him dwelt in Christ Jesus. He was the manifestation of the one true living God come so that we could be seen. I'll share one story with you. I understand. It's 1045, it's time to quit. I love this old story because it touches my heart and I hadn't shared it in a long time, two or three years. I try to make notation of any time that I share it and shows on my page the last time I shared this story with you was June of 2020. But we needed it then. Granny, 
granny story. Not our granny here, but granny story from Louisiana. She could quote a whole lot of the Bible, and as she began, you can turn the music on lightly, brother, be fine, and give them some hope. And uh, she could quote a whole lot of scripture. She could say a lot of things, and, uh, but her favorite verse was Colossians 2 and 9. I just read it to you. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. As she neared 90 years old, and her life was expiring right before the eyes of her children and her family, they come in, they say, how you doing, Granny? And she always had a smile on her face, and she said, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And boy, that just sent a jolt through that whole family. Because Granny, on her dying bed, she would forget who their children were, forget the great-grandchildren, but she could quote that verse. And there came a day they walked in, and she says, All the fullness of the Godhead is in him. And they knew. That's not a quote. That's not a quote. And then two or three more days went by and they said, Granny, how are you doing? And she said, fullness is in him. They looked across at one another and they said, she's losing it slowly. She's losing it. Her favorite passage of scripture. Not only does she know who her children and grandchildren are any longer, but now she has forgot the word. And it come all the way down to where Granny was quoting it over and over and over and over and losing a little more each and every time she quoted it. On the day before she died, very weak, life was gone from her eyes. There was no focus. She looked staring out beyond the ceiling of her little old 800, 900 square foot home. Her hands were crossed. She was covered up very properly. And they come in there and they said, Granny, how are you today? She raised up one finger and said, Him. Him. I want to tell you something. You can lose everything in this life. But at the end, if you have Him. Hey, let's stand together. Come on. The name matters. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you that we have a name that the Old Testament people didn't get to enjoy. But it's our responsibility to carry it forward. Because your word said if we don't do what we know to do, then they don't have any hope. And the things many of them done were in vain. And so, Lord, we come today. We pray in your name. We baptize in your name. We dedicate our babies in your name. We marry people in, in your name. Because the name matters. Let's give the Lord a great hand clap together right now.